Does that make sense? A collage, a jigsaw puzzle. And as these things come together, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to see, see something a little, bit, a little bit larger in terms of what God's doing with us, uh, what he's about, what, what we value, where we're going. Oh, it's going to be great if it works. So there's several people I've sort of asked to come and share different things. So I'll just, I'll just call you up bit by bit. I'm just scanning around. Some of them are still... Uh, still with their children so uh, Andrew can you start as you're sitting there looking ready <laughs> so just come and tell us what God's been doing with you <laughs> yeah come on hello that was weird um, yeah I just want to share a testimony for um, about what God's been doing in Sarah and I's lives, um, specifically probably more, more in the last eight weeks, um, just really about God's love, his provision, but also what he's broken off in our hearts over this time. If I was to start, probably for the last two years I've been in a job situation which has been pretty difficult. Um, I've been asked to do things that maybe I didn't want to do. Um, and really, it came ahead about a year ago when the business I was with made a decision to get rid of my store manager, who'd been with us for over 30 years, and at this point we were the most successful, profitable store in the business, um, yet his face didn't fit. That was quite, quite quickly followed by, over the next six months, them clearing out his whole senior management team. So in January this year, I was the only person left in the store, and it was just made quite clear to me that I was seen as old regime, that I was responsible for some of the poor decisions that had been made within the business, um, and that really my, I was in a bit of a sticky wicket, if you like, um, and about two months ago, it all came to a head. I had a really frank conversation with uh, the people at the top of my business. Um, and they just said to me, look, we're going to put you on what's called a performance improvement plan, which sounds a really nice thing. But it was quickly followed with, the reality is in 12 weeks, we'll get rid of you. We don't want you in the business, so in 12 weeks' time, you're going to be going. Uh, or you could step down with immediate effect. So, to be honest, I was just, I went home... I was really scared, um, felt totally hopeless, um, because obviously, in my mind, I was the person that provided for my family. It was me, because of my hard works, my efforts, that basically means that I could get by and make ends meet, because it was all about me, and it was all about us. Um, so we just felt really hopeless, and we really prayed to God um, for peace in that situation, and we started looking for other jobs. And one job in particular really excited me, and I applied for it, and it was with Cafe Nero. Um, and I went along to this interview, and I said, at this point, I believed that my hard works and efforts were provided for my family. And I had an amazing interview. I met with this com- these group of people who were just fantastic. They talked about things like how they believe the heart of their business is about honouring people, which I was thinking I've heard that before. Um, and then they talked about how that it's all about people, it's about developing people, setting them up for success, and really putting people at the heart of everything that you do and allowing people to grow. And I was just thinking, this is definitely the job for me. This is a job I must have. Um, and I just felt God saying to me, even during that time, that this is the job he wanted me to have. So I felt really peaceful. And as the interview came to a close, we talked about money. Um, and they asked me what my salary was, and I told them. And they went, oh, okay, well, just so you know, the maximum we can give you will be X. Um, which was actually exactly 25% less than I was earning at that point. And I was like, I don't believe this. God, this is a job for me, but there's absolutely no way I, I can, we can afford that. Um, 
So during this time, we really felt God was speaking to us just about... I just couldn't get the verse out of my head about how God clothes the lilies in the fields and how he feeds the birds and how much more will he give us. And I just felt God saying that all the time, is how much more will he provide us with. Um, but we really need to step out in faith and trust in him. So we prayed about it and we decided if I was offered a job that we would definitely step out in faith because the reality is we didn't have a clue how we would be able to to manage. Um, through this time we realized that God, we were living under a lie, that it was us that provided for ourselves. Our hearts were really hard, to be honest, to, towards God. We believed that God healed people um, and done great things like healed the sick. But when it came to money, we were living a lie that we provided. It was up to us to provide for our families. Um, at this point, Jacob, and obviously we've got a little boy, Jacob and Caleb, who was five weeks at the time. Um, and we just really felt God say, you need to trust in me. You really need to trust in me through this. Uh, and I'll get you through it. Um, we said we were living, we believed that our security and identity was given through our money, um, which was just laughable, um, to be honest, we've, <laughs> we've realized since. So I was offered a job about a couple of weeks later, um, which was just fantastic. Um, so we stepped out in faith, and we decided we we're going to take the job, albeit 25% less money, didn't have a clue how we'd afford it. Um, and God just really blessed us as a family since then. I think the biggest thing is he's broken off our hearts, what money means in our lives. Uh, we are totally free of that. Uh, and that's only through God's amazing grace. Um, and we just, I try to think, so many things have happened in the last few weeks. Um, since then, one of the things that happened was for me to get to work. We didn't know how to get to work. So we decided I'd get a bike. Um, but we didn't have money for a bike. Um, and about three weeks ago, I was given a brand new bike. Uh, along with the bike helmet, the hat, um, the lights, everything to go to get me to and from work, um, which is just amazing, praise God. And then this 25% less salary, um, since then, in the last two weeks alone, through gifts, through situations totally out with our control, God has given us that money times two, uh, which is just amazing. Um, and he's just really lavished us with, it's just, it's just actually funny, we just laugh about it now, and even this week, I came home today, Oh, sorry, this week, and we got a letter from the bank just apologising for a mistake they'd made with a gift for us as well. And it's just really encouraging that we've seen, obviously, the declaration. I used to sit at the back and think, oh, new job, I'd love one of them. Better jobs, definitely want one of them. Um, gifts in the post, definitely. And God has just been amazing. He's just lavished us so much. And we just really want to praise God and give him the honour because it's through God's love um, that he's really changed something in us in the last eight weeks. So praise God. Where's your coffee shop? Um, I think Hope Street for four weeks and then St. Enoch's. So please go to St. Enoch's so it's a success. Yeah, okay. It's going to become Hope Church, second coffee shop. Oh, such a good story. Kind of builds, doesn't it? It's so good. Ah, right, who, who am I going to pick up? Sarah, are you ready? Okay. Right, some of these stories you... It's really over the last 18 months or so. Uh, there's a couple of stories some of you have heard before, but they're great stories. Go for it, Sarah. Yeah. Um, Actually, I'm going to sit down. So I was quite surprised when Andy asked me to tell this story again because I'd been thinking about it during the week. Um, this was last year, I was down in London and I was in King's Cross Station waiting to get a train home. Um, and as I was waiting, looking at the board for what platform to go to, 
uh, this lady walked past me who had Tourette's syndrome and um, she was shouting and swearing and twitching and getting a lot of attention and as soon as I saw it I felt the Holy Spirit say you need to go and speak to this lady um, you need to tell her that Jesus loves her and ask her if there's anything she wants from him at which point I laughed because <laughs> I was like, no, like, this is just way out of my comfort zone. Um, so as I was standing there thinking about whether I should do this, I was nearly ready to go. And then I heard more noise and realized that she had a friend who also had Tourette's and was also shouting and swearing and twitching who was coming along behind her. Um, so I was like, oh, great God, like, it's not one person, it's two people. Uh, no. <laughs> um, and at that moment, my platform number came up and I thought, Oh, like gutted. I think this is a God thing, but I have to go. You know, my train's going to go. Sorry, God. So I went, um, <laughs> got on, walked to the other end of King's Cross quite a way, got on my train, sat down, kind of still thinking about these two women, but, you know, these things happen, missed opportunity. And then I heard this noise and I realized that these two women were not only on my train out of all the millions of trains in King's Cross, they were on my carriage, like three seats behind me. Um, so kind of starting to think, well, I'm really not going to get out of this, am I? Um, but I was still really, really afraid. I knew that God wanted to do something, but it was beyond what I felt I had in me to do. So I thought, well, I'll just get up, have a quick walk past them, you know, check out the situation. Um, and ended up locked in the toilet, like between the carriages, uh, ringing everyone I could think of to say, please pray for me. What do I do? I ended up talking to Kat, um, a bit of a jab. It was a Sunday morning, actually. So you guys were probably all here while I was on this train. And I remember talking to Kat, being like, Kat, like, what do I do? And I think the gist of it was, well, just do it, really. Um, so came out of the toilet, um, stood at the end of the carriage, these ladies still screaming, swearing, everyone in the carriage pretending they're not there, just felt God's heart, like, just so, so much love for them. Um, and as a last resort, I was like, God, it's a really busy carriage, like, I can't actually get in the aisle to talk to them. At that moment, the guy sitting across the aisle from them got up and walked the other way and left his seat. I was like, right, okay, fine, we're going to do this. So went up and sat down, and I don't even remember the words, but started talking to these women and just basically told them, you know, I know this sounds crazy, but God really, really loves you, and he's telling me to say, is there anything you want from him? At which point they looked at me and said no, and I was like, great, like, what was that all about, God? So kind of you know, chatted for another minute or two and then went back to my seat feeling a bit deflated really. But um, kind of as I sat down, I heard they were still shouting, but what they were shouting had changed from like all the worst words you can imagine in the sun to shouting Jesus, Jesus over and over again, which they continue to do for at least another five to 10 minutes. Um, and it was just, it was amazing. Like didn't see, you know, didn't see them healed, but I really felt that God had something that he wanted them to know that day and he definitely kind of grew my faith to step out. And at least for a moment the atmosphere in that carriage was changed by what, what she did, what she prayed, what she said. So that instead of, it's Jesus. I think that's a great, great story. Just, just, we're going to do some Bible as we go. So if you turn uh, Matthew 13, I'm just going to read a few verses.
Matthew 13 and verse 31. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. And he told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked through all the dough. This kingdom of heaven is a powerful thing. You don't need a lot of it to change everything. Teresa, do you want to tell us your story? Remember, I'm painting a picture using other people's stories. And this was when we were doing the, I can't remember the name of the course, but the supernatural blah, 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 that we were doing. Um, and uh, I, I was on, on my table, there was uh, Libby, and there was Jenny Crow, and there was Daniel, and Connor, and a few others. And each time we went, I found it so good, because just hearing their testimony, Libby had a great testimony about something that happened at a train station, where the, 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 what was going on in the train station completely changed because she was there. And you know what it's like, kept hearing week after week, as we all did different testimonies and things. And I'd had a brief foray praying for some sick people at work, which hadn't turned out terribly well. So I wasn't terribly confident. And then I was working one Saturday, and uh, I really liked the guys that I work with. But one of the ladies, when I turned up, I could tell as soon as you looked at her that she was in real pain because she couldn't stand upright or anything. And she was sort of leaned over at a weird angle and wasn't standing straight. And I was like, what's happened to you? She said, oh, Teresa, she says, I'm in such pain. She says, I think I'm going to have to go home, she said. And, you know, I've had a year at work, and I've not been off sick once with this um, back pain. And I was like, oh, dear. And I thought, well, I've asked her before if she wanted me to pray, and she, she said no. So I thought, well, there's nothing to stop me sneaky praying. So... I just put my hand on her shoulder and said, oh, that's really terrible. Oh, and before you could say, I don't quite know how it happened, but I found myself saying these words and praying and just commanding the pain to go in the name of Jesus. Uh, and and uh, praying for that the peace of God had come on. And when I touched her, it was like praying for concrete. You know, all the muscles were in spasm. There was no give whatsoever in any of a... When it touched the skin, it was like concrete. But as I was praying, I could feel it softening up and becoming more like a normal shoulder. Anyway, I'm standing there praying for her, and one of the team managers comes up, who I also know, Brian, and he says, what are you two doing? And I'm thinking, I open my mouth, thinking, I haven't a clue what I'm going to say. And Angela says, oh, Teresa's praying for me, she said. She's praying for healing. She's got healing hands. She prayed for Alison's baby to turn the other week, and it did. And he, oh, he said, and went off. And I'm still standing there with my mouth open. <laughs> Thinking, this is great. I haven't had to say a word. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, she 
were felt remarkably better that day. Anyway, I worked part-time, so it was a few days till I went into work again. So I went in the following Wednesday, and I got greeted by a jubilant Angela saying, Teresa, she says, look at this. And I promptly showed me how she could move. And she said, it's amazing. So she told the whole team and everyone who was on the floor, Teresa's got healing hands. Teresa's got healing hands. Teresa's got healing hands. And then she promptly began giving me a list of all the other people that I needed to go through the department and pray for. <laughs> it's so fun. Uh, Phil and a small team have gone to the New Frontiers in Dundee today, so that's why they're not here. Phil and Lizzie and Maisie, plus a few of the young folks have gone to sort of preach and pray for them. Uh, and he's going to tell this story himself, but I just want to fit this in because it fits where I'm going with this. He, he got promoted at the end of last year to, I think, he's the head of house uh, in a really, actually quite a prestigious school in Glasgow, in the high school of Glasgow. So it's one of those ones where you pay money to go. Um, and uh, so he's a house head. And I know that in his interview and subsequently, when he sort of told them what his vision was, he basically started to talk about all we'd been teaching here about kingdom culture, culture of honor. And now he is the head of the house. He's been sharing with his team how they're going to do it. And he's been talking about calling out the gold in the kids. And they're looking at him like, where do you get this stuff from? <laughs> so he's actually using all the kingdom culture that we have been learning and teaching and actually taking it and taking it into the high school of Glasgow and he's actually changing the culture and the atmosphere in that place. He doesn't then bring in all the Bible verses. You don't need to. He's just, he's just saying, no, this actually, if this is God, it's going to work in this place. And, it, and, it's, and they're looking at him like he's just this genius, which is absolutely what we want to happen, isn't it? It's fan, fantastic. Um, some of you know that we were at North Camp a few weeks ago. Uh, we go south to go to North Camp, so a Christian camp, and a few of us were doing the youth work there. And one night, uh, the first night, we were walking back, just chatting what had happened, and we got to about 15 yards of our marquee, and, and I, I just started to collapse. It's like something hit me, and I just kind of lost strength in my body and I, I just kind of, it felt like the presence of God but it felt a bit different just and it suddenly happened we were just chatting about it, there was no kind of build-up to this it was very sudden and as it happened to me Jan McFarlane the same thing happened unfortunately David Treadgold was next to me and he sort of grabbed my arm and we had about 15 yards to go so he kind of helped me into the marquee and I sat down and I'm like what was that so Jen then told me what it was build up eh? <laughs> uh, so meanwhile <laughs> Lydia was carrying me home <laughs> uh, upon her arm uh, and uh, we I also walked I think I walked in a front uh, I was in front of Andy so I had walked through it too but because I was already staggering on somebody's arm it wasn't so much of a boomf I suppose uh, but when I got into <laughs> the arm marquee Lydia just sat me on the first chair she got. <laughs> and I was like, God, what is going on? And I saw this, I saw a huge angel. Now, initially, I thought it was the angel of the church. And I thought, no, I don't think that's quite right. 
Uh, but I didn't say anything because me being me, I'm not very confident in who I am. Uh, and I tend to keep quiet. <laughs> and then Andy, uh, the young folk were worshipping actually. And Andy asked them just to quieten it down because people were sleeping. I mean, it was nighttime in a camp in tents so everybody could hear. Uh, and he, he went to leave and couldn't get out the door. And I was like, oh, he's getting stuck. And I could see this hand on his shoulder. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. Something's about to shift. And um, Jan McFarlane, uh, I think Andy then said, oh, can someone say what's going on or something? Jan McFarlane then said, I think there's an angel outside, but I don't think it's the angel of the church. And I was like, oh, that was, oh, that's what I had. <laughs> so I thought, okay, what's, what's going on? So um, she then went out, quite funny, she went out and stood in the field, and you could just start see her, and she just stood like this. But she was actually talking to the angel and asking what it was about. And meanwhile, I saw um, a vortex, is what I called it, but I was like, I can't really say vortex, so I'll just tell them I see a whirlwind. <laughs> you know? Uh, so I said, oh, I see a whirlwind. Uh, and in the whirlwind, there were angels being released and dispatched. And uh, so this was, go I'm in the, the tent and thingy Jan is here and it, it was one of those bizarre moments where you're like something in the spirit is absolutely shifting and this is really key and we need to get a hold of this um, and we've kind of been pondering it since we got back and I've been praying it through and I had to just grabbed me this morning and said could you share a bit about this but I want to encourage everyone that we can all see in the spirit realm uh, and it is so exciting when you see things like this and when you start to grasp an understanding and for me personally at the age of 16 I saw my first two angels uh, they, it, I was in a personal situation of some uh, quite horrendous things going on at home and God took me in the spirit my first time God took me up in the spirit and hovered me over my, the outside of my house and there was two huge angels stood at either side of the door uh, with big um, swords, thank you, <laughs> across the door. And God said to me, do not worry about what's going to come. Uh, I am looking after you and your family. Uh, <laughs> which you can see my sister's now crying. Uh, I've never told her that. So that is my first encounter with angels in the angelic realm. I knew it was real. I didn't really have anybody to talk to about it. People tend to think you're a bit weird. I was, that's a long time ago now. Um, but I've been on a journey of trusting God in it, heartache through it sometimes. But when we grasp what God is up to, when we start to see what's in the heavenly realms happening, and we can have the privilege of standing with Father God and releasing that, having the joy of saying, oh, that's what you're doing. Right, how can we help? <laughs> and that's what it is. It's amazing. Uh, it's like when my kids come to see, Mommy, can I help? And you're like, mm -mm, you know, sometimes the help is a bit more of a hindrance, but I still let them help me. And that's like Father, he's like, yes, of course you can help me. Uh, and it's fantastic. Uh, and I just want to encourage you, it's for, seeing is for everyone, and we see all differently. We're all individual. We're all created. That I get a bit nutty and do some hoeing and hawing and whatever else, you know. Uh, and <laughs> they used to call me the Teletubby at GPC. Uh, <laughs> uh, leave that to your own imagination. 
Um, but the exciting thing is that when we release stuff, and this morning I saw four angels standing at the back, and I was like, you know, we have to ask for confirmation. Andy stands up and says, I see angels being released for healing and this and that. And it's like, there's your confirmation, Jen. You know, and that's important too. We don't go off on our own. Uh, Andy felt it at North. I felt it. Jan McFarlane saw the thing. Mark then saw the thing. The angel, sorry, thing, sorry. Angel, massive angel. Uh, and then it's grasping, well, what, what's God up to? What, where, where are we going with this? Uh, and making it far more exciting of a life for us when we can live like this. <laughs> Amen. I want to keep going. <laughs> And Andy's asked me to pray. Um, Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that this is for everyone, that there is no... there's no favorites. We're all your favorites. You love us all. So I release right now an anointing for the seers to be opening their eyes, Lord, for scales to be removed from folks' eyes today, that those that are hungering after you, that you would allow them to see the glimpses into the heavenly realms, that you would start to put impressions upon their imagination, Lord, that they can see and have a taste of what is good and amazing for us to release here on the earth, Lord, that we can live in different ways, uh, ah, that we can live from different perspectives, that we can partner with angels and see what you're up to in releasing. Father, I pray for those today who already have uh, some kind of seeing. I pray for more. I pray for increase. There is always more with you. There is always more to be seen until that day we stand before you in Mount Zion rejoicing. Hallelujah. And so, Father, I just ask right now, ah, I, yeah, I release the angelic over this place to... Ah, I see is the father just roared over you all ah and there is glory pouring out over here actually ah and for those of us who want it we can grasp it for those who are hungry and thirsty there is always there is always satisfaction there is always satisfaction Father, we thank you for what you're up to in Hope Church. We thank you for what you're doing in us as a, as a cultural transformation in this city. We thank you for all the others in this city who are grasping for cultural transformation through your Holy Spirit. And we release right now all that you're up to, <laughs> uh, the fun and the joy and the excitement. And we release right now in Jesus' name more, more people to rise up in their calling, more of you to be fulfill your destiny in Christ Jesus. You have a destiny and a purpose. You have a future. You have a hope. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we just release it to you right now to take it, write it down, chew it up and spit it out again that it looks different. Every one of us looks different, but God is calling us all to rise up into our purposes and our destinies for a time such as this. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Okay, Alan, this makes sense to me anyway, Just, just keep going. Hello? Thanks. Um, 
How the fuck? Good, th- cheers. Thanks. Following that. Um, <laughs> my name is Alan P. Harrison, and I am a Bible teacher. <laughs> Right, um, let's uh, start at the start and go on till the end. Last year, 2011, we, um, I ran a four-week uh, course, a doctrine course, uh, looking at the atonement, the doctrine of the atonement. What? Because we, we, we have these phrases that come to mind when, uh, when you speak about uh, stuff to do with church, stuff to do with faith, stuff to do with Christianity. Um, so we say, Jesus died for our sins. Okay. I would like most people to agree with that. But what does it actually mean? Yeah. Like, that's, that's a brilliant idea. I like that. How, do, how does that unpack? What does it actually mean? How do something that happened thousands of years ago, how does that affect me today in my life? How do, we, how do you link, how do you decompress 2,000 years of history to get from Jesus to me? Um, so the idea was to have a look at that in four weeks, looking at the doctrine of the atonement which is very good. This year, uh, last month, uh, we looked at the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, unfortunately, we did it in four weeks, not three. Um, but, but there was just too much, to get into, uh, too much to get into three weeks. And the idea behind these courses is it's not necessarily to um, just learn new information. Because you could, you could get a book. You could, uh, you know, there's tomes, there's a... Um, International Christian College in Glasgow has 45,000 theological works. Start at A and work your way through. That is good if, you, if you've got a lot of time in your hands. But the idea was to sort of disseminate the... It's a good word, disseminate. Dissect, digest. Thank you, yes. I have, sometimes I have no idea that people have no idea what I'm saying. Which is a school teacher... <laughs> need some work. Um, to get the idea, the, th- the theology of the Trinity and apply it to our lives. Because this, it, it, people understand more than me, and that's fine. But that's not to say that I shouldn't add to my understanding. Because when we understand, it makes sense. And when it makes sense, we can apply it to, uh, more to our lives. Um, so we'll spend four weeks looking at, the, uh, looking at the Bible, looking at different uh, ideas that have arisen, different heresies which have arisen, things that are right, uh, we have looked at, and things that are wrong. And why we, looking at the Bible today, we don't believe that, for example, Jesus is a created being. We believe that he was always God, that there wasn't a time where he wasn't. Um, but that has massive ramifications for our life and faith. If Jesus was created, then is he, a, is he competent to take our place on the cross? Or like, how can he bear the full wrath of God if he's a lesser God, if he's a demigod or something? So we looked at this in great, great length with great cake. Um, and we will, be, uh, we will be doing, uh, I will be running these as long as there is a demand for it and as long as I physically can. Um, and he's asked me to speak about four things. That's number one. Number two, uh, on, what's the date? Uh, ninth. Okay, so in the first Saturday of October... Um, I'm going to start a, uh, a morning, Saturday morning brunch thing. Opportunity to ask questions. That's not because I have all the answers, but because I'm very good at dodging questions that I don't know the answers to and finding it out later and letting you know. Um, so it's going to be an opportunity f- to, for discussion. Uh, it's going to be around a brunch. Very nice. Um, there'll be details about this in, um, in Hope Speaks and on the, on the slides. But the idea is, I have questions. 
if you don't have questions, I'd really like to talk to you um, because maybe I could learn from you. But most people have questions either about what we're experiencing at Hope Church or about historic classic doctrines that we believe that are true, but you don't understand them. Um, how does this, how do we reconcile New Testament beliefs to applying it to the 21st century? Uh, okay, hurrying up. Um, so we're going to be doing that. So uh, that's going to be a monthly thing, uh, a brunch. Also, uh, next year, 2013, a wonderful year, um, I'm going to, uh, if people want this, I'm going to do two different things. First of all, I'm going to go through the Old Testament in three hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, it's more of a dare than, a, um, <laughs> than anything else. But yeah, I'm going to look to um, basically lecture through the Old Testament in three hours, Saturday morning or something like that, and we're going to have a look at how does Old Testament understanding, Old Testament theology, how does that, which of it, bits of the Old Testament have been fulfilled in Christ, and therefore I don't need to wash my hands up to the elbows before I eat lamb, and which things should I still not do, for example, commit murder. And you can't stick these two things in the same category. Um, So we're going to be having a look at that, and also, we are in the 21st century. There have been millions, if not billions, of people who believe in Jesus before us. And they have fought, not literal wars, although sometimes literal wars, they have fought battles that we can benefit from the outcome of. And so we're going to, about once a month, we're going to have a look at church history. Six uh, sessions, um, uh, that can be, could be six, could be seven, could be whatever. Um, But looking at church history, different chunks of church history, what was fought in this time, is it important? Why is it important? And can we learn from mistakes of the past so that we don't repeat them in the future? Uh, because if we repeat the mistakes that people made in the past, then we haven't learned from that. We will make mistakes, and people will learn from us in the future. But let's not make mistakes that have already been made. So, four different things that are ongoing Bible teachery stuff in the church. I hand back now to Mr. Andy Merrick. So Alan and Jen belong together. They both bring something amazing, completely different. We need them all. We need people who are transforming their schools by taking the principles of the kingdom and teaching it to their staff. Yeah? We need people who take a risk on a train and yeah. try and pray for a Tourette sufferer. We need people who are releasing the presence of God in their offices and yeah. bringing healing. It's all the kingdom. Yeah. What's happening through Hope Church is a lot more than what's happening on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Hallelujah. And, and Sunday mornings are great. Sunday mornings are important yeah. to this process. But I'm trying to splash a few colors up for you. If you put all that together, there's more. That There's probably just running out of time. Things that God is doing. Gifts that God has given people in this church. And it all fits together. It's all the kingdom. And the goal of the church is to, is to host and release the kingdom of God. And, and we, are, we are a seed in this city. We are, we are leaven in this city. And it doesn't matter how big the seed is or how much leaven you have. If you have the right stuff, which is the kingdom, it will change the whole lump. So we talk a lot, we're here to transform the city. I'm serious. It only needs us. We're a big enough seed. We're a big enough piece of leaven 
to make the whole city change. If we have the genuine, authentic kingdom thing happening, if we keep hosting him and behaving in a kingdom way and adopting uh, kingdom attitudes, which is what you've been hearing, the city can be changed. The nation can be changed. It's not about how big we are. It's about which kingdom are we releasing. And one of the things we've been learning is actually to transition out of church thinking that is earth to heaven and is actually quite based in our efforts and how we perform and as you know, religious overtones into a heaven to earth perspective which is the kingdom of God coming to the earth. Amen. And I just want to say a couple of things about that and then we're going we're gonna to worship him. All right. So this is all happening. What you're hearing, I believe this has been happening and more. We've had stories almost every week of healing, of blessing, of breakthrough with finances because of we set our sails into the wind of the Holy Spirit several years ago and said, we are here, number one, for his presence. And as we focus on that and keep hosting his presence, that creates an environment where lots of other things start to happen and get released. And they're happening. And there's more. There's more than we have time to get everybody up. But I just wanted to give you, you know, I hear these stories. But, you know, we all are in our different worlds. But it's so good. Isn't it so good? You know, so Jen bounces up to me. The reason I fell over is I'd walk through the angel. So I'm glad someone saw what was going on. I thought it was... <laughs> we need people who see. We need people who see. We need people who teach. We need people who can release the kingdom of God in the workplace. And we need each other. So we need his presence, number one. And we need the kingdom. We want to become kingdom people, which means we don't operate like everybody else. We're aliens and foreigners. But we are citizens of another place. So we are at most at home when we're encountering the, pres- encountering the presence of God. So in worship is where you feel most alive, most connected, most you, because that is connecting with your home, which is heaven. And heaven comes down in worship and you think, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, that's because that's who you're supposed to be. That is who, who you really are. And so we need to keep prioritizing his presence, prioritizing seeking his face, because he loves to come. He's already here, and the distance between you and him is zero. It's just an adjustment of your inner affections. I'm going to say that again. The distance between you, he's not up there in heaven, and you're trying to climb to him every Sunday morning. He's right here. He's in us, he's on us, he's around us. Whether you believe in him or not, he's right in front of you. The difference between connecting and not connecting is where your affections are centered on the inside of you. It doesn't matter how rubbish you feel you are, you just have to turn your affections towards him, your inner thoughts and feelings, and he is there. He's not going to batter your door down. Yeah? Say so like, well, God, if you're here, show me. No, if he, he is here, ask him is a whole different posture. Now, God <coughs> is a community. So if we want more of him, see, when he comes, his kingdom comes with him. So the kingdom isn't some clunky institution that arrives when we say, come kingdom. 
the kingdom of God is headed by a father. So Jesus taught us to pray, Heavenly Father, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So really the kingdom is the expression of the Father's heart. And it's all there in heaven to see. And we're told to pray for it to come on the earth. Yeah? Now, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one and they are three. So God is love, but also God is relationship. He's never existed apart from being a relationship. I'll say that again. God is a relationship. He's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and they're connected in perfect unity, perfect harmony, and perfect honor. So he functions. His very existence is defined by being a relationship. Does that, that make sense? And when he comes... And his presence is here. One of the things he does is draw us into the way he does things. And the way he does things is always in relationship. So last week I spoke about how we are being built together to be a dwelling place for God. And that some of us focus on the glory. We love the presence. Some of us focus on the, well, we're all together. Let's get as many in a room together as we can. But there's another word in there, and it's built and, and showing up in a meeting isn't built. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are connected. They have vulnerability. They have intimacy. They, they, they are designed, actually, to be 100% God, each one of them, but actually to function together. And it doesn't matter how powerful, how intellectual, how mature you are, you absolutely need me and the person sitting next to you, and you need to be built to them. You need a heart connection you need to learn how to do transparency you need to learn how to connect out and make yourself vulnerable and receive their encouragement and you to give encouragement to them do, do you see what i'm saying so the kingdom comes he creates community because he is a community hello church is a community not a meeting it's people built together it's people who've understood one another is important. And so we've talked a lot about calling out the gold, being built together, and that is so, so vital because that is part of the kingdom coming. We're not just about meetings. We're about connecting. Uh, and connecting, actually every single one of us wants to be known, not just by Papa in heaven, but by other people and be received and accepted for who we are. Yeah. And that means creating a place that is safe and is not pretend. And, and we're in that process where I'm hanging on to my relationship with you no matter what you do, no matter what you say. I'm in touch with the God of love. He's inside of me and I'm going to keep my love burning to you no matter what you do. And some of us are pretty tough to connect to. We are well defended and we have learned through life that connections are hard to make, so let's dull down our expectation of connection. If the kingdom is going to keep coming, we need to raise our level of expectation of connection. It's absolutely going to be safe to be 100% you, no matter how rubbish you feel that is, or how great you feel that is, no matter how bad you're doing on a given day, or how good you're doing on a given day, this is a place where it has to become safe for you to be 100% who you are 
God's goal is that you are transformed from one degree of glory to another, but we're going to love one another for the glory level we're at. All right? It's not going to leave us there, but we all carry glory. This is the kingdom of God coming. So really our vision isn't about doing stuff, although stuff happens. So you've heard a lot of stuff. You know, Alan's teaching and seeing angels and releasing healing in the workplace and bringing the kingdom into the school. And, and I read you a list of 12 things we want to do. But when we call for you to say we want you to connect to our vision, actually what we're saying is we want you to connect heart to heart and actually then you can run with your vision. That's how much, so, there's actually a lot of stuff happening in this church. You know, we're releasing our EP today. We have 59 people signed up for our School of Supernatural. It's going to run for 20, 20 weeks, not consecutive weeks, but it's a full year course. I believe we've got one place left, by the way. If you want to do it, we have one place. And our school starts Tuesday. We've run family courses. We've run uh, defining relationship courses for people who want to, uh, thinking about uh, connecting and maybe going for marriage. We've run... We're doing sozo. We're releasing healing. We've gone on the streets. We're doing 24... There's a lot happening, and nobody's controlling all of this, believe you not. But we are connected. Connection is what's important. Because God does his stuff in community. Uh, and so we just want to invite you in to deepen your sense of connection. Make time for connection. Make time to make friends. And you know, small groups and all that. There's different ways for that to happen. And we run, we're running a, a welcome evening, a welcome supper in a few weeks. And then there'll be a culture and connect day where we unpack what this is about. If you haven't done one, even if you've been in the church for years, come to it. You might learn something. It might do you good. So the kingdom of heaven is coming. If we can host his presence and exhibit increasingly a kingdom culture, then that leaven can leaven the whole of the city of Glasgow. The love that you have for your friend. The way that a, you know, a dyed-in-the-wool Bible teacher can love and connect and need the gift of a, of a wonderful seer prophet lady all in the same house. That says a lot. That's kingdom culture happening right there. Uh, and we need, we need that. We need the music, the sound that's been released. It's going to change atmospheres. It's going to send demons scurrying and a presence of God appearing in all kinds of places, not just in church. Amen. It's so exciting to be doing this stuff. It's just awesome. Awesomely good. It's the best ever. Oh, I just noticed the time. Uh, can we have the band back? We're going to do one song. And when we're done, then there's tea and coffee and loads of cakes and biscuits and stuff at the back. Uh, so good. If you feel, I mean, we love, we pray for the sick every week. So as, as we finish, if you're sick in your body, we want to pray for you. Andy was bringing, uh, he felt the, the presence of angels to help us pray for people whose hearts are maybe in a tender or broken place. We love to pray.